Here's the thing. I'm preaching on what we believe. So I want you, if, there, if we come to a place here today that uh, you have a question about what we believe, I want you to email me. If, you, if we haven't covered something, and believe me, we're not going to cover it all because we believe a lot, okay? We're doing foundational stuff today. But if, there, if there's a question you have about, I would like that to, this is ask the pastor, ask the elders, and, and send me a question, and I will do my best to answer it either by an email or through a sermon. Because I believe if we're going to move forward in 24, we have to really be on the same page, and we have to believe and, and understand that the basics of our, our beliefs. Now, there are some things that there will differ on, like uh, the rapture and end times, and, and even once saved, always saved, or that you can lose yourself. Well, there, there are theological things we may differ on, but I if we lay the foundation, we can work with that. Amen? You've got to have a foundation first. So I want to li- I wanna- we have it on our, on, our, on our faith page, and it's going to change because we're going to incorporate this into our what we believe on our, on our website because it's not near enough stuff on there because we need to set, we need to set uh, there are boundaries when we have doctrine. Uh, there are truths when, when they, there's, there's the truth when we have doctrine. Uh, we met with a man last week that was a Muslim who came to this church, and we need to be prepared to tell him what we believe, church. You run into the Muslim, you run into the Jehovah's Witness, they come to your door and they tell you that there's another book. Then you go, no, 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 there's not another book. Let me show you in Revelation where it says no jot or tittle shall be added to this. And if you do, woohoo, it's not good. But you need to know those things. And you can't, oh, yeah, okay, I'll read your stuff. No, don't read their stuff. Okay? And I'm not picking on them, but we just need to know what we know because there's an old saying, if you don't know what you stand for, there's no telling what you'll fall for. Just believe me, there are scams all over the Internet. And if you don't understand that there are scams and there, there are con artists out there and all these people, you will fall for stuff and then all of a sudden you'll look in your bank account and you won't have any money. Well, do you want people to rob you of what you believe because you don't understand the word? I don't think so. So I'm going to go through this, and, and this is probably going to be the most different sermon that you've ever heard from me, uh, but I want us to talk about our, what we believe this morning, because we're moving, in, and Betty's had a word, other people have had a word, uh, that God's going to do amazing things here, but we, he's not going to do amazing things unless we are willing to step into the amazing of God, okay? And we're... We may not have seen somebody, Brian, get their vision back today, but we're not going to stop believing for that and praying for that. And if you got your miracle and it happened later, Harold Watkins at suddenlink.net. Let me know. I want to know about your miracle. I want to know what God's doing in your life because if we're not telling people what God's doing in our life, God's not, people aren't going to be, they're not interested. Okay? So I want, we're going to talk about that, what we believe this morning because so many people, they don't know and they don't understand and they don't understand what we're established on. They don't know the promises of God. And it all begins with this thing called F-A-I-T-H, faith, confidence, trust completely in God. We have to start at that place. Everything we believe, it starts with faith. If we don't have faith, all the rest of this ain't going to work. Okay? It starts with faith. And so when we start with faith, we start with the, our belief and our trust in God, and we have to start where, with his word. Amen? Amen? So here we go. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the scriptures and the authority of both the Old and New Testaments. We believe in all that. Now, I want to hear some amens this morning, because if you're not amening, we're going to start throwing stuff at you. I got a microphone here. I won't drop it. I'll throw it. Okay? Holy Spirit, right now, I ask Holy Spirit, 
because you do empower your word. You empower the word of God. So these scriptures that I'm about to read, we might have heard them a thousand times or a hundred thousand times, but there's power in every word because it's you and you are life and you are the rhema and the logos and you are Jesus. The word is Jesus. And we want to get you this morning. We want to have understanding of your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a thing called a mind-blocking spirit. Have you ever heard of that? How many of you have heard of a mind-blocking spirit? And somebody can sit there and tell you something about the Lord, and you're just like, uh, duh. The duh word comes out. I've heard Basil, when he's doing counseling, uh, he said he's, he's teaching somebody about salvation, and they just go, what? And they don't get it. Or you give somebody a book, and, and it's a great book, and yet they read it, and they well, I don't get it. Because there's a mind-blocking spirit. The enemy does not want you to understand the Word of God one bit. So, Lord, right now we bind up a, blo- a mind-blocking spirit in the name of Jesus that the truth can be revealed and received in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Say, I receive the truth. All right. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Scriptures and the authority of both the Old and New Testaments. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. There we go. We got an amen. Amen. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. No. God said it. And that settles it. It don't matter if you believe it or not. It's the truth. Oh, I just don't believe the word of God. But it's okay. And it's not okay. But you can say you don't believe. But it's the word of God. So it's true. Okay. So somebody said, well, I just don't believe the word of God. Just start praying for them. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of who? How many of the scriptures? All. And it is profitable for doctrine. That's what we're doing today. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be complete. God wants you to be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what we're doing here this morning. That's what you do when you open your word. He wants you to be equipped to take the word of God to the lost. Amen. Second thing is we believe that the man that man was created in the image of God through disobedience, sinned and failed, and that the entire human race shares in man's lost and depraved nature. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. Whose image are you created in? God's, not the devil's, in God's. You, you say, well, I'm created in my parents' image. Well, that's one thing. You are, first and foremost, we've been created in God's image, in his likeness. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Ephesians 4.20 says, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, he's the word, that you put off concerning your former conduct, that's the old nature the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. How many of you know before you got saved, the old man was living in you and was, it was leading your life? You understand that? That's the old man. That's the image. That's the nature of the enemy. That's not the nature of God. And he says this, and the old man which was, uh, and be renewed, verse 23, in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God. And look at this. This is his image. In his true righteousness and his holiness. That's who God has created us to be, that where he wants us to be true in his nature. We were to walk in holiness. We are to walk in truth and in righteousness. And our righteousness is in Christ, right? Amen. But he's called us to walk and go after him and follow him. Amen? Amen. 
We believe that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, took upon himself the form of a man by means of the virgin birth. We just got through it the whole Christmas season talking about the virgin birth. Did you know that? Did you know in surveys there are a lot of Christians that don't believe that the, Jesus was born of a virgin? Go, go Google it. Bonjour. Go Google it. You'll find out there are Christians that say, well, I, you know, that's just kind of, that's just weird. I don't think that really happened. And I think they kind of romanticized the word of God and they made it look that way. Did you know there are Christians that don't believe in the resurrected Jesus Christ? They believe that he died for their sins, but they don't believe he was resurrected. Listen, if you, if you don't believe those things, you really can't call yourself a Christian because you're, you're saying the word of God is not true. You just can't have it both ways. I'm sorry. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you. All right, I'm going to speak this. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Woo, talk about no reputation, being born in a manger, okay? And, and taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. He came, to, he said, I didn't come to, to be served, I came to serve. Came in the form of a bondservant. We believe that atonement for sin was made by the sacrificial and substitutional death of Jesus Christ. 1 John 4.10 says, in this is love. Now, I've got to tell you this. There's about a million scriptures that you can go back and, and put with these things that I'm speaking. So uh, don't go. Well, he should have used a different scripture. I probably should have, but this is what God gave me. 1 John 4.10, in this is love. Say love. love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son, Jesus, to be the propitiation for our sins. Say propitiation without spitting on somebody. Uh, propitiation. Propitiation means appeasement or atonement. See, God requires perfection to come into heaven. Guess what? You don't, you don't make the list. I don't make the list. Nobody makes the list. Billy Graham didn't make the list. Pope don't make the list. Only Jesus makes the list. He is the propitiation. He appeased God. Isn't that weird that God would say, the only way that we can get there is if I kill my son? And that, my friends, is how much he loves us. That he would give up his only son for us, make an atonement for our sins. We believe that Jesus Christ, after being crucified for our sin, was placed in a tomb, was raised to life by the Holy Spirit on the third day. Mark 8, 31 says, And he, Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be what? Killed. After three days, what was going to happen? Rise. Rise again. Lots of scriptures talking about Jesus rising from the tomb. Three days later, he came to, he came to glorious life. Amen? Amen? We celebrate, we serve a risen Savior. It's in the world today. I know that he is risen. Amen. Say, I know he's risen. Say, all the other gods are all dead. <laughs> Muhammad, dead. Buddha, dead. <laughs> all these other people. Joseph Smith, dead. <laughs> people, and we serve a risen Savior. Woo! He's alive. And not just is he alive, he's alive in me, he's alive in you. He's alive in those that have given their life to him. We believe that Jesus Christ appeared to many of his followers and that for 40 days after his resurrection spoke of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I love this. Acts 1 says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. 
after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to his apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. You know, the Bible says we, uh, everything that Jesus did, could, there's not enough books that can contain it. Many infallible priests being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. A lot of people go, what did Jesus do after he was resurrected? 40 days, he, he preached the kingdom. He taught the kingdom. Some people think, well, maybe uh, some th- people think that after he had already, he was a teacher, a great rabbi to all these disciples and all these people that were following him. He went back and he said, now, you understand what I taught you? You understand what I said? Doesn't, is it coming alive to you today? How many of you know what that's like? You read scriptures, but you didn't understand them. And one day, all of a sudden, Jesus, like the, on the men on the road to Emmaus, oh, 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 we get it now, we get it now. That's because he's, this, he, 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 he's true to reveal himself to those who are seeking him. We believe that Jesus Christ ascended to his Father in heaven with a promise that he would send his Holy Spirit to the earth to empower, say empower. All who would believe him. Luke 24, and he led them. That was Jesus. He led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. See, I want to see that real when I get to heaven. And no, no CGI. None of this made up stuff. I mean, they try to duplicate it in movies. It's always kind of cheesy, isn't it? Have you ever seen the, when Jesus ascends? I, I want to I go back and say, I want to see that real. So I want to see Jesus when he, he said, guys, I'm coming back. <laughs> Just going up, defying gravity because he created gravity, right? And he'd be, Acts 1-4, and being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Say the promise. What's the promise? It's the Holy Spirit. Promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Amen. Amen. We believe the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father, our comforter. Another great word for comforter is strengthener. Sent to convict the world of sin. When you gave your life to Jesus, it wasn't because, hey, I think I'll get saved today. This is a good day to get saved. I've been a bad boy. Save me. Did you know it didn't happen that way? Holy Spirit convicts you. Oh, man. Wow. The Father draws you. He convicts you. He loves you enough to convict you or convince you that you are not enough. That your works are not enough. That your good works, your bad works. One's not going to get you in. One's not going to keep you out. It's not going to happen that way. He convicts us. Holy Spirit convicts us. And he places the believer in the body of Christ, indwells the believer, and bestows spiritual gifts to the church. John 14, 16. For Jesus was, before he was uh, crucified, he had all of his disciples and had this great teaching, chapter after chapter, if you read it in John. And one of the things he said, and I will pray the Father, verse 16, and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you how long? Forever. Forever. Say forever. Woo! The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You see, you think I want the Holy Spirit, but you want Jesus, but do you really? Because if you're worldly, if you still want to serve the world, if you want to serve the devil, you can't receive the Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. He's talking to his disciples, for he dwells with you. Now he's saying he dwells with you, but listen to this, and he will be in you. 
I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Did you know the Holy Spirit is everywhere all the time? He's omnipresent. He can be anywhere because he's drawing people all the time. He's, he's, he's holding on. He's, he's protecting people, I think, sometimes because they're not saved yet. He's, but he's out there and he's wooing them and he's drawing them and he's convicting them and convincing them. We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all believers as a definite endowment of power for service. Now, be, why, why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because it's for not just for you, it's for, more for others than it is for you. You think, well, why can't I do this? Why, can't I, why, why am I not operating this? Why am I not doing the things of God? Because you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit is a faith act. It's like, God, I want everything that you have for me. I, I, I've, I've come to this place. I'm hitting up a wall. I'm running, bouncing my head against a wall. I've got my salvation, but it doesn't seem like anything. I'm not moving any forward. I'm just stuck here. You ever feel like you're stuck? Man, when I was a denominational person, and I, I just got, Mary Lou and I were stuck. We thought, there's got to be more. And God said, but wait, there is more. Amen. Best commercial ever. But wait, there's more. I've got something for you. Jesus said this to the disciples before he, was, before he ascended. Now, they'd already had the indwelling Holy Spirit when he breathed on them. But in verse 8 of Acts 1, he says, but you shall receive power. Say power. power. What's the Greek word for that? Dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. And you shall receive power. Say power. power. When the Holy Spirit has come where? Upon you, not it was in, in you, but upon you. And you shall be witnesses. And you might be. You might be witnesses. No, he said, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to what? The ends of the earth. And some people think St. Angelo is the end of the earth. <laughs> but he's here. Some people, get, you know, especially people get in the military, they get stationed in Goodfield and they look around when it's 110 degrees and they look at everything that's brown. So this must be the end of the earth. <laughs> but then they find out we're awesome. We believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for believers today and that we are to function in those gifts as directed by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. I want to read it all because some people don't know this. Mary Lou and I, we, we grew up in church. Nobody told us this, this was still for today, but it is. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of who? Okay, so the gifts are given. The baptism is given. So the gifts are given through that so we can benefit all the body of Christ. Betty said it earlier. We need to lean on each other. That's when these, these gifts work best is when we're using them to bless other people and to heal other people and do what God's called us to do. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the, through the same Spirit. Another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings, plural, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are Holy Spirit-given gifts to believers. Amen? But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Some of you have been given a gift, you're not using it. And if you've got the gift of miracles, you better be using it. If you've got the gift of gifts of healings, you should be using those gifts. Amen? Amen. 
Next, we believe that one of the ordinances of the church by the command of Jesus Christ is water baptism by immersion. Couldn't believe we didn't have a, a baptism this January the 7th. I thought, man, we should, because we do communion every Sunday. We almost do baptism every Sunday. But we believe that water baptism doesn't save you. Some churches tell you that if you don't get water baptized, you're going to go to hell. Have y'all, do y'all know that? Some of y'all been in a denomination that tells you if you're not water baptized, you're going to go to hell. But water baptism doesn't save you. How do I know this? Because I know that there are deathbed confessions. I know that people give their lives to Jesus right there on the hospital bed and then they're gone. Guess what? They're going to heaven. The thief on the cross, he said, Jesus didn't, he didn't say, you know what? Before you can get to paradise, we got to get you off this cross and baptize you. <laughs> then we'll take you to paradise. Now, I think if he had the opportunity, he would have been. I think, it's I think it's very important that everybody gets baptized and gives their life to Jesus. You know why? Because it's obedience, and it's, it's, it's an obedience thing. When we identify, I guess I need to read the rest of it. We believe that water baptism doesn't save you, but it's an act of obedience that identifies us with the body of Christ. So when you go under this water, you're buried with Christ in baptism, you're raised to walk in newness of life. But you're raised to walk with the body of Christ. Amen? See where I'm in. Scripture, Matthew 28, 18. Because some people are baptized in the name of Jesus because there are scriptures that say that. But I want you to show you what Jesus said. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of who? Father, and of the Son, in the Holy Spirit. I've heard people pray, uh, baptize, we're going to baptize you in the name of Jesus. And, and then they go under in the name of Jesus and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with that. Okay? Because there, there are other scriptures that talk about baptizing in Jesus' name. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We believe that the other ordinance of the church is the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. If you don't really know about that, you haven't been coming to this church very long, okay? It is for all believers, and the elements of bread and grape juice are symbolic. They represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, this is what Jesus says, and I know the Catholic religion and other religions say that that's the actual body and the actual blood of Christ. I don't believe that he teaches that in the sense that they, they, are, they, that they participate in it. Because in John 6, when all of them, he said, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Then he said, this is a spiritual matter. They, they didn't understand it was a spiritual matter. But Luke 22 says this. Jesus took bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, the disciples, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant. Say new covenant. In my blood which is shed for you. We practice Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it, but it is, an, it is an act of obedience. It's an act of reverence, and it's an act of remembering what Jesus did for us until he comes back. I got to get a drink. How? Oh, I'm good on time. We believe that salvation is the gift of God. Say gift. gift. The gift of God by grace alone and received by personal faith. Say personal faith. personal faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ and that this faith is manifested in works pleasing God. I can't get Betty saved from, I can't save her. She can't save me. No, nobody in here can save somebody else. Only Jesus can save you. It's a personal commitment. And sometimes people say, well, you know, um, I go to church, so I must be saved. I go to a Christian church. Uh, my parents were Christian. My daddy was a preacher. That didn't, that didn't matter. 
It's a personal decision. I'm speaking to some of you right now that you think you're getting in on the coattails of your mama or your daddy, but you're not. Only unless you gave your life to Jesus Christ personally. It's a personal decision. It comes at the age of accountability. From that time on, you're accountable for the decisions that you make. So if you're here this morning, you've not made a personal decision to follow Christ, to give him your heart and your life, you are not saved. And we'll get into that in a minute. Ephesians 2, 8. This is one of my favorite passages in all the scripture. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Grace and faith. Amen? Amen. And, it's, and then he goes and says this, and it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's the gift of God. You can't earn it. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And Paul did lots of great works, didn't he? He said, I can't boast about that can't boast about it. I'm going to boast in Jesus Christ. And then he says this, because a lot of people think works get you to heaven. No, works are a result of your salvation experience. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for four good works, which God prepared before in that we should walk in them. Some people say, well, I don't know how do I do the good works. Just keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open, right? He'll show you. He'll show you what to do. You don't have to worry about it. I don't know, I don't know if I did enough good things today. No, it's not, about, it's not a ledger. If it, if it was a ledger, we'd all, we're all in trouble. But at the top of the ledger is Jesus Christ on the cross. He died for your sins. We believe in the eternal salvation of the believers and in the eternal damnation and punishment of non-believers. You know, how many of you know John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, it's not on your screen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life, eternal life. Hmm. There's an eternity waiting for you. We think this life is so cool, it's so awesome. We think it's a long time. Listen, I'm 71. I don't, it's not such a long time. I look back, 71 years like that. I guess when I get to 81 or 91, and God willing, 101, I'll look back and go, wow, I should have traveled fast. How many of you, you looked at your grandkids and go, man, and that you, you saw them, then you see them again, you go, wow, what happened to you? <laughs> I remember you and you and the guy, the grasshopper. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Family reunions, don't you hate that when they look at you and go, oh, you sure have changed. Sometimes they go ahead and are too truthful, and you sure... You don't look like you used to. <laughs> but time tra- it, it, it goes fast, but eternity doesn't. I always think, I try to think of eternity. I try to get it in my mind, and I just can't. It just explodes. A million times a million, a trillion times a trillion, you know? No, that's not enough. That's not enough. So do, wouldn't you rather trade this little bit of your life here for that and give it to this to Jesus so you can live that with him? I think it's a pretty good trade-off. Pretty good trade-off. Okay, heaven and hell. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Jesus said, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Woo! I've said this scripture so many times at funerals. If it were not so, I would have told you, Jesus said. In other words, I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying, guys. You can imagine. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were if it weren't so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. He also goes on later, after Thomas asked him a question, he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. We preach that, we teach that. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. There's no other, I don't care who says tells you it's a lie that there are many ways to heaven there's one way and i'm so glad god made it simple i i'm just so glad god made it simple but there's another part and i tried to find the right scripture and and, and so i found one that i felt like describes what it's like not to know or be with jesus for eternity Second Thessalonians 1, 6, Since it is a righteous thing that with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with him, with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance. Now this is God coming back, Jesus coming back, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be what? Punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Separated from Him for eternity. Other scriptures refer to a lake of fire, eternal fire, damnation. There's, there's, scripture, there's more scriptures about hell than there are about heaven. When He comes in that day to be glorified in His saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. You saying, guys, you believed, but there are those who not. There are those who have rejected the gospel. And they have an eternity without Jesus Christ. An eternity of destruction. It's not going to be one big keg party. It's not going to be a big strip club, guys. It's not going to be one big shopping mall, ladies. I don't know what that just came out. Free shoes. It's not. Hey, you know, have you ever heard people talk about going to hell? It's not going to be so bad. It's going to be party all the time. Drink it up, having orgies. It ain't going to be that. You're going to be alone, and you're going to be sizzling. you going to be like a steakhouse all by yourself. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense at all. <laughs> okay, we believe. That we, the church, are called to do the same works that Jesus did. John 14, 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works, say greater works. Greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. He said, I'm not here. You're going to have to do it. And I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to do it, help you to do it. Amen? Mark 16, 15. A lot of people don't like this passage. That should have been put into the Bible, but it was. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be what? Condemned. And these signs will follow. Say follow. follow. These signs will follow. They don't go before you. They follow you. In other words, we're not, we're not worshiping signs and wonders. They just follow us because we're worshiping God. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will... Ooh, and if they drink anything deadly, they will by no means be hurt, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. 
It doesn't mean you start a church with the snake handling. It's just not there. Some people pick these scriptures and they go, well, let's have a poison drinking snake handling service tonight. It's going to be so much fun. Here's some cyanide here. You know what? That's tempting God. That's what that looks like to me. Mm-mm-mm. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same. So if he's the same, shouldn't everything he's told us to do be the same? Okay. How do we, how do churches not teach this stuff and get by with it? You know what? I've come to the conclusion of most churches that don't teach the gifts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's because they don't want the responsibility of doing the things that God said to do. It's just easier not to do it. It's not, it's not so messy. Sick? Oh, call the doctor. Sick? Take a pill. We believe that the government of the church is the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers given to us by Jesus Christ to equip the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.11, And he himself, that was Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We believe in the sanctity of marriage and that marriage is between a man and a woman. I didn't write that. Let me, I'll just show you. I mean, you think that we just made that up. Matthew. And a lot of people go, well, that, that, that's Old Testament. Matthew 19.4, this is Jesus speaking. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? There's no provision for anything else, church. Even though they're now, did you know that there's now a gay Bible? And they've changed so many things in it to make it fit their philosophy or their doctrine. Yeah. That's trouble. And people believe that stuff. Because they don't want to believe the word of God. We believe that God created us male or female. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's nothing else there. It's male and female. You're either male or you're a female. And God made it really clear how you can figure that out. Yeah. Seriously, that's just what it is. It's what it is and what it is. I hope that didn't make a reel. It will. If Joe's not here, I'll talk to him. It's not that we're putting anybody down or haters. There's not. I love everybody. God's called us to love everybody. It's just that if people just knew their identity in Christ, so if they don't know their identity in Christ, then they're going to get caught up. Remember, if you don't know what you stand for, then you know, tell them what you'll fall for. Somebody tells you, like when they told me, well, you must be a lesbian. And she will, I must be. You know, she just received it. Until God, the truth of, of, of the gospel came into her and the power of God came upon her. And she said, now, I, I understand. I'm not. I'm, I'm created. I'm a woman. Amen, B? Amen. Her testimony's out there, so I'm not divulging anything. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. I'm, proud, I'm not proud. I'm blessed and over. 
We believe that abortion is murder. The reason I want these things put on our website that are not on there is so, so when people come to us or they look and they decide if, if, if a gay couple wanted to come and ask me to marry them, I would respectfully say, no, I can't do that according to my beliefs. And they would say, well, I don't see that on your, I don't see that on your, your belief system in your church. So I really want all this there. That's just wisdom. Even an, an attorney told me that we need to have that out there because I have had uh, two men come to me and ask me to do their marriage. And I had to tell them, no. <laughs> That's not all I said, but I said no. We believe that abortion is murder. We support the Pregnancy Help Center. Exodus 20:13, one of the Ten Commandments said, you shall not murder. It's premeditated murder. Psalm 127.3. I write this in most of the children's Bibles that we give them on dedication. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. It's a reward. Y'all got time for a few more? Some of you are like, mm, it's getting worse. It's getting a little heavy in here. Thou shalt not play video game. No, it's just not in there. <laughs> I'm out of here. Well, some of them you shouldn't play. We believe, this is your favorite, I know. We believe in tithing and the blessings that come from being obedient to tithe. Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me or test me in this. Only time Jesus or God said, test me. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be enough room to receive it. I want blessings. I'm just kind of selfish that way. So he said, well, you really want blessings? Then bless me. Okay. And it works. It works. Sometimes it doesn't look like it works. Right? But it works. I just promise you. And people go, well, that's the Old Testament. I just want to give you the unction of the Spirit. And you know, the unction has just not been there lately. <laughs> I can tell you when our offerings are low, the unction is not there. <laughs> but let me show you the, the, the New Testament. Matthew 23, 23. This is Jesus. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters. Those are spices. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These, he's speaking of tithing. These you ought to have done, say ought to, without leaving the others undone. So he's saying, it's, yeah, you're supposed to do that, but you're not supposed to forget this too. It's, it's, it's not one or the other, it's both. We give and we bless and we, we operate in justice and mercy and faith, but we give. We believe in a triune God, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, truly one of the greatest mysteries of all the Bible. I'm not going to try to sit here and try to describe it to you as, as ice and vapor and water, okay? I, I just, the, you can't do it justice by all these kind of little descriptions we want to give because we can't figure it out. We can't. God doesn't want you to figure it out. He just wants you to have faith in him. Well, where does it teach you? you know, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. I didn't say Trinity. I said triune. Matthew 3.16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw what? Spirit of God, where did the Spirit of God come? Descended on him like a dove, lighting on him, and suddenly there's a voice from heaven. Guess who that was? God the Father, because he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. So we've got God, the, we've got Jesus, the Son, we've got God the Father, and we've got the Holy Spirit all in that one package. 
And there are scriptures after scriptures. I'll read you one more. First Peter 1, 2, 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the pilgrims of dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Try to say that really fast. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Holy Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's right there in as many other scriptures. We believe in the consummation of all things, including the visible, personal, and glorious return of Jesus Christ, the blessed hope of the church. Yeah, amen, for reals. We believe in the rapture, but then he's going to come back. We're going to go back with him. Then he's going to come back again and reign on the earth for a thousand years. And listen, we, you, can, you can agree or disagree on all that. Here's the bottom line. He's coming back. Amen. And we better be ready. Amen. You know, I, I just, I hear these prophecies. I hear all this stuff people speak. Oh, you really need to watch this. You really need to listen to this. And I go, when you get through listening to that or reading that or come to that, this conference or whatever, does it change you? Are you changed enough that you're not going to be the same than when you came and than when you leave? Because if not, listen, the bottom line is he is coming back. It could be today. Most of us in this room don't think he's coming back today. But it says when we least expect it. Even Jesus doesn't know it. Not the angels, not the son, just Jesus. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. I've got one more. Stand up. Now, I'm very serious about this. If you want to hear more about what we believe, if I miss something, and I know I missed a lot, there's so much more. Email me. Don't come up after church and say, no, oh, I will not remember it. Or write it on your bulletin, put it in the offering plate, and Diane will get it to me. Just be nice, okay? All right, be nice. Most of you don't. If I ask you how many of you thought about Jesus coming back this morning, Probably 99% of you would say, ah, I hadn't thought about it, you know. I'm just waiting on the cowboys. 3.30 to beat the poor, hapless commanders. You know, that's really what's important today. The cowboys getting, getting that number one seed, whatever. That's not what's important, church. It's okay. I, I, I'll watch the game and I'll root for them. That's not what's important. Whether they lose or win is not going to set my eternal destiny. Or yours. Unless you lose your faith while you're... No. Jesus Christ is coming back. But what if it were today? Think about that for a second. What if it was today? Because I'm not saying he, he won't come back today. Because he could. He's going to come back when we're least expecting. The signs are kind of lining up, Right? All the things we're reading, all the things we're seeing in the Middle East, all the things we're seeing in the financial world, all the things we're seeing in our country and in the world, persecution, things like that. We may not be experiencing it here, but there are other places in the world. And they're probably going, well, it's close. It's close. What if it were today? Are you ready? Do you know what you believe? 
somebody were coming to ask you, how, how do I get to know Jesus? Could you sit down and go, let me tell you. Wow. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He died for your sins. What if it were today? Would you be ready? Not because you've been a good person or a bad person. Would you be ready because you gave your life to Jesus and said, I give you my life. Lord, take me just the way I am. I want to be who you want me to be. I got one more scripture for you. Verse John 5, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life, real life. You may have an existence, but you don't have real life. These things, John said, I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?